Welcome to Forum Passion, episode 113. This is the second episode for the year. Thanks, everybody, for actually, no, a correction. That is, this is the first episode of 2024. Uh, so if this is your first episode with us, thank you very much for joining. If you have been here before, thanks for coming back. At the beginning of each of these episodes, I give a shout out to the people that have subscribed to our Patreon. Our Patreon is what keeps this podcast going. Uh, if I can remember any type of project, uh, band, or if you're a promoter, or a record label owner or anything of that nature, if I can remember anything like that based off of uh, recognizing the name, then I will try to give that a shout out. But if you subscribe to our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash forum of passion, you're going to get an additional episode on the last Friday of each month. That's usually more discussion or analytical based by comparison to the interview episodes that we normally do. Um, this week, uh, we have a, a new subscriber. It's Jason Zaleski. I know Jason. Jason rocks. Uh, he's in a band called Never Again out of New Jersey. Uh, book shows in the uh, Perth Amboy area um, and uh, New Brunswick. He rocks. Shout out to you, Jason. Thanks for joining us over here. Uh, once again, everybody, if you want to be like Jason, www.patreon.com slash forum of passion. It's just $2. Come hang out over there. Today's guest is somebody that I've had the pleasure of knowing for a, golly, probably over a decade at this point, um, and uh, have seen uh, their work evolve and grow, uh, not just, you know, over different parts of America, but uh, on different continents. And um, this is somebody that uh, is... I'd say dedicated to hardcore. I'm trying to think of the, the right word, but this is somebody that I know is very passionate about the genre and it is a uh, part of their spirit. And also somebody that uh, I appreciate their uh, outspokenness about their culture and what's going on uh, and, you know, uh, about issues and things that, you know, possibly are, are overlooked uh, by, you know, the Western world uh, to some and, and to others are, you know, an, an everyday reality. So I'm looking forward to getting to discuss both these subjects with her. Uh, but, uh, you know, I will give this uh, as the, uh, the, the end of the introduction. How are you doing? Great to see you. Been too long. What's going on? Hi, Ace. Oh, my God. What a beautiful introduction. I can't believe you just all said all those things. Thank you so much. Um, hi, I'm good. Yeah. Um, I'm coming to you live from Lakeland, Florida. Because Lakeland, Florida. <laughs> it's between Tampa and Orlando. Um, I take this route pretty much every time I'm in Florida to go to shows because Tampa is where shows are at in Central Florida. Um, and I'm stuck here because I don't know how to charge a vehicle because my parents got a beautiful electric vehicle. So here we are. <laughs> well, you know, hey, I mean, it, listen, you're doing two things at once. You're recording this. Yeah. You're getting that yeah. charge. So that's, you're being productive. So uh, we, we, we like that. Now, I know, I I know you. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I can't believe I'm on your podcast. I'm a big fan. I, I've listened oh. to literally every single one. So this I is appreciate a that. big Dang. It's a big, big honor to be on it. <laughs> well, so my, how I encountered your work initially was when I was younger and like going United Blood and stuff, your photos were the ones that I would notice the most uh, during that time period. So, yes, I actually, when you hit me up to be on the pod, I was like, damn, I need to remember when I met Ace. And I think I have the first image where I was like, Oh, I know that guy. I've seen that guy online somewhere. Mm -hmm. um, and it's UB 2010. Uh, I think yes. it was, it was, it was probably the Mad Ball set. Um, 
I'll find the photos. We'll try to find them somewhere. Okay. I was for we'll, sure we'll, chilling at that yeah. one. Um, yeah, 2010. That was the first one I've been to in Richmond. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, Mad Ball year. Uh, I think Death Threat played. I'd look at the flyer. I think that was like a big like title fight year, if I remember correctly. Um, for sure. And Dead Empath played. They opened for them. That's and right. And everyone that was there for title fight was like, who the hell is this? What this is that? not title fight. <laughs> yes, that's correct. <laughs> Legendary year, man. That year was amazing. That was it's literally one. one of the best. Yeah. It's a good one. Good, a uh, good foundation yeah. set. If I'm remembering correctly, I think I'm trying. Mm -hmm. I, I, I look at the flyer. Yeah, yeah. On, on United Blood 2010. Um. So. Foundation six set. I yes. can't believe at the time. Um, the South didn't really have a lot of bands. So when Foundation played that set, I think it was really important for everyone from the South because we were all like holy shit a southern band's big now that's mm -hmm. like a really big deal <laughs> were, so yeah, you, you were living here. in florida at the time yeah so i moved to florida when i was 11 like right after 9 11 um i'm originally from armenia i was born mm -hmm. there um i lived there until i was 11 11 i moved here and i've been living in orlando florida since so from 2011 uh so, I'm sorry. Since 2001, mm -hmm. <laughs> my my brain's like stuck in different decades. It's I've been good. living in Orlando, Florida since 2001, and then I moved away from Florida in 2018. So okay. yeah, I was living in Florida at the time in 2010 right. when I met you for the first time. Yes, Orlando, Florida. Yeah, Orlando. but but I have been going to shows outside of Orlando because the Orlando scene kind of fell apart in 2009 oh. and i started going to shows in like 2007 so oh. i had a good years and had to come to tampa <laughs> oh, okay so backtracking is like because like i remember you, you brought up kind of like the south in regards to that united blood and they're like oh like uh -huh. now like the south seems to have like a, a band of representation you know that, that kind of represents this region the foundation certainly like south of va certainly was uh that at that time period um you, but you talked about how you moved to uh, the States when you were 11. Now, was Orlando the first place you moved to or like did like that? Is that where, where you like ended up? Were there other places or was it directly to Orlando? Um, so I was born in Armenia. My dad moved away for work to Moscow when I was two. So we lived between um, Yerevan, which is the capital of Armenia where I'm from. Um and we went to Moscow pretty much most of my ages one to six. And then when my brothers had to go to college, my mom was like, absolutely not. We're not moving to Moscow, Moscow, Russia in general. There's no way. So my mom um, sent my brothers to college in Armenia. And then my brother got accepted to um, a few programs in Florida. So he moved here. And kind of my mother being the very strict Armenian mother that she is, um, she was like, yeah, right. We're moving Florida to then. Ah, <laughs> so okay. This makes sense. We kind of followed my brother's footsteps in a way. This makes sense. Yeah. yeah. When, yeah. like, what do you kind of like, like, be it as I've never been to Armenia, like, what do you remember from your childhood, you know, being there? Like, like what kind of like sights and sounds and like, what was the community like for you when you were younger? Um. Armenia is very, um, 
it's a very distinct place. Like it's a very war torn place, obviously. Like we're known for like really sad things, really like the genocide. Um, if you ever listen to integrity, you should know this Armenian persecution about the Armenian genocide. Mm -hmm. Um, we're known for the two wars that took place. So obviously a war torn place. And then migration outwards has always been a thing as well. So I feel like it's usually really sad things, but we do prosper in, I think arts, music, um, carpet making, Mm -hmm. you know, where we have very distinct language of art in Armenia. So when I was little, my mom took me to a musical school. So I went to all musical school when I was, you know, yeah, uh, grades one to six. So I had my primary education was in music. So I think this is a very early connection to music. And I think this is why I really dug into music when I moved to America. Um, but yeah, um, back to Armenia. Um, very, there's, 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 it's, it's, you have to go there to understand what I mean. Sure. So I feel like I could give you a whole spiel of how amazing it is there, but like every country is amazing and every country has negative sides to it as well. This is true. Um, uh, beautiful landscapes, um, wonderful, friendly people, um, good food great arts, great shows, like shows is in like music, like classical music, not hardcore. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a great place to go. It's a great, it's a very underrated tourist destination. So mm-hmm. if anyone wants to go somewhere, quote unquote, exotic, exotic or different, definitely go to Armenia. Great oh, yeah. spots for hiking as well. Okay. Um, growing I grew up really close to Center City. So I feel like I kind of got exposed to a lot of different things um, because of that. Uh, am I answering your question? No, you are. <laughs> no. Prior to you moving, you talked about you being in music school there. Like, were there like like artists that you were into before coming to America that like you kind of like transitioned to like you kind of like brought with you or or like what you yeah, said you well, kind of leaned towards? Like, what were you into? Well, I have two older brothers mm-hmm. and they're yeah. ten years older than me, so I feel like they were the pushing factor to get into any underground music where school was like the spot where they gave you like classical, you know, knowledge of the job, like music in general. So I can name you five symphonies, which is fucking boring shit. (laughs) But um, my brothers were the ones who were like, right. So check out Nirvana, check out green day, check out, you know, whatever was cool in the nineties, but I was also into like Backstreet Boys and like five. The nineties. <laughs> I mean, that was, it was what was going down, especially right before you moved. Cause that was like late nineties. So if like, if you're like, you moved to the States and you said 2002. 2001. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like late 2001, early 2002. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's right in there. Backstreet Boys are, are a big thing yeah. at the time. Hot shit for sure. <laughs> when you got um, to the States, was it like a, was it a big culture shock for you? Hundred percent. So, this is like pre-internet. I feel like when people move, I mean, I don't know, but like for the most part, when people move from anywhere else in the world to America, it's less of a culture shock because you have like TikTok and Instagram, and it tells you kind of what it's like in America. Where I, when I moved, it was just 
like, whoa, everything's different. Oh my God, there's Disney here, by the way. Um, which was, again, very shocking because yeah. it's like, this is where you think, you know, Disney's going to be like. And then when you go to Disney, you're like, holy shit, this is like the best place in the world. Yeah. Um, but yeah, very, very shocking. Like, every, like, Armenia is a very conservative place. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, because like we're so, um, every culture i feel like in the middle east is kind of like that it's very conservative in many senses especially when you're a woman you're like you're very restricted and you can't really do a lot um so when you come when when i moved to america it was just like oh i can you know talk about literally anything i can talk about sex and it's fine and it's not a taboo um but yeah i think music that's when music really um kind of took me away in a way because it was like, oh, so I can listen to this band. Oh, actually, no, let me sidetrack to this. So yes. there's a real story about music that yeah. I need to tell thinking about this so much. Um, Let's go. We landed in America. We landed in Miami and my brother picked us up. And Miami's about three hours away from Orlando. Um, and we're driving in a car and it's really long. It's a, it's a three hour journey. I'm 11. And my brother goes, the radio's on. And my brother goes, oh, this band by the way they're armenian <laughs> and oh. i'm like excuse me what are you talking about and then he goes oh yeah system of down they're mm-hmm. all armenian I saw their video on mtv and there was an armenian flag in the mm-hmm. background and before wikipedia so my brother had to call our cousin in la and be like yo do you know this band and he goes yeah like my friend's cousin arto is like related to the bassist and Uh, we're like okay (laughs) i I know i know your questions go into how did you find hardcore so i think if anything really system of you down was like my number one route into finding anything underground Mm because like yeah, they're that would make that would make sense because they were huge at the time too. Like I remember owning Toxicity and like you know like seeing the Chop Suey video and everything like right around that era. I mean like they were like like really big. Did you be like you know made the, you made the connection the connection culturally like System of a Down and like okay they're Armenian like me. Did, is that kind of like where your sort of like aggressive like music journey started? Did it start with them or did it start somewhere else? Well, I think yes, and also the fact that in my family, I am kind of like, I've always been very, you know, different from my brothers. My sure. brothers kind of, we're going to go to college, we're going to get married, we're going to have kids. And I was like, I don't know what I want to go to college for. And I also don't really know what I want to do in my life. Mm-hmm. So I think when I found sister down i was like look like these are people that like also are not really sure certain well like obviously they have careers in music <laughs> but you know they were like talking about how the system sucks and i was like yeah mm-hmm. fuck the system and then i think sister down as much as people love to talk shit about them um lyrically they really opened my eyes to a lot of different things one of them being appreciating where you're from Mm-hmm. as bad it could be you know every culture has blood on their hands every culture has negative things it's true but you all you know really appreciate 
the good things about it as well. Um, so yeah, I really got into like, I mean, I knew about the genocide when you're 11, you, the word genocide doesn't really mean anything to you. Does it? You're just like, Oh, a bunch of people got killed. But then, um, you know, I started looking into what, what does that mean? And then I was like, Oh, okay. So I'm a minority actually mm. in America. And then, you know, slowly digging into, Oh, well, what, what does this music mean? W- what's the difference between new metal and metal and punk? And then I'd see, um, Serge Tonkin wearing like black flag t-shirts or minor effect t-shirts. I was like, damn, what's that? <laughs> and then I would like, you know, Google just became a thing. And I remember Googling like, um, black flag and like nothing really came up. Yeah, oh, like, which would make sense at that time because it was so yeah, Google like, and this, Yahoo this, were so rudimentary. Yeah, like the spray came out. Mm-hmm. Oh, actually, I did. Oh, I I asked Jibs. <laughs> this gives away my age. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, I remember. Ask, there was there was a few there was a few search engines. There was like Ask Jeeves. There was some called All the Web. Uh, I, I think yeah. someone was called All the Vis. There was a few. It wasn't just Google and like uh, Bing. Yeah, I don't think yeah. Bing was yeah. a thing either. Actually, definitely asked Jibs. Um, yeah what black flag was and the mm-hmm. the the spray came up and i was like why is he wearing like a spray like a cockroach spray yeah. t-shirt sick mm-hmm. um uh but yeah that then slowly got me into like other music like i don't know corn um okay. and then i got into like metallica because like metallica was like um at the time i feel like Sister Down was playing shows with Metallica, and I was like, "For sure, they must be cool." Yeah. And then I got into Ozfest. I actually went to Ozfest two thousand two, and then two thousand three as well. Okay. And then my brother, he went to Ozfest in ninety nine because he moved mm-hmm. here ninety eight ninety nine. Um, so I looked. So he had the T shirt, and on the back it had all the band T shirts, and I was like, "Right, I need to get into." every single one of these bands because they're ah, fucking cool. <laughs> okay. okay. And then we're slowly getting into like, um, I guess 2004 or five. <laughs> um, and then, oh my God, I got really into Fuse Network at the time too. Like, that like, was one like of the TV station? Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people really got into Fuse because I feel yep. like Fuse was such a big pushing factor. But Same. Fuse was sick. Um, mm, it was. Mistress Maria was that. Oh her name? yeah, I remember. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Was, like, mm-hmm. And there's like this other guy who's into like punk. Um, yep. So I kind of got influenced by those two guys. Really, this okay. those disc. They like got me. Mistress Mistress Maria. She got me into more metal stuff. Mm-hmm. She. She interviewed System of a Down once, and I was like, this is the coolest interview ever. Of course. Of course. <laughs> the guy, he got at me into, like, Ramones and the Sex Pistols and all the classic, like, uh, punk stuff from uh, the UK. Um, so, yeah, I think, like, that period was really weird because I was like, obviously, I don't know what any of these things are. Mm-hmm. And kind of, like, for me at the time, like, Ramones and Metallica were just, like, the same thing <laughs> sure and, that, and that's a story for a lot of people where you like don't know it's like it's on tv it's on the radio it plays on the same stations why would i think it's anything different necessarily so that makes sense yeah yeah so yeah 
that's really like the beginning really of it all. And then I don't know how, um, I think there was a girl in my school that got me into this, but she took me to a show, um, around 2004 mm-hmm. and the shows that are really defining for me and they're really oh. funny. But, um, so right. the first is a local band called from first to last. Ah, <laughs> uh, Yes. But of course, okay. Ehrlich. So yep. this is like, so I remember going to the show and being like, this is lame. <laughs> uh, okay. Why? Why are these guys like doing what they're doing? And also, why is everyone moshing? Like, this is really scary. I'm just a girl. <laughs> uh, but I remember being there and being like, actually, this is also kind of cool because, like, okay. they're. <laughs> um, but then that same week, I went to an H2O show and the oh. opener was a band called Nervous Breakdown, which okay. is a legendary band from Orlando, Florida. If sure. you don't know, you probably should know. It's okay. Okay, <laughs> I'll, not- I'll look it up. I mean, obviously, it's like good name, and I, I like yeah. the reference. So yeah, I'll rock with it. They're okay. Um, definitely progressed away from that, but they have a song about I four, which is very symbolic right now because I'm right next to I four. Oh, here we are. <laughs> we're we're on I four right now. It's I four <laughs> podcast. Let's go. But um, those two shows were like right. I don't know what this is, but this is cool as hell. Okay. I need to go to. Um, okay. And yeah, the rest is kind of history. You were like probably like 14 or 15 at the time. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. 2004 or five. You'd what, already 14? kind of like seen like a fair, like a fair amount of stuff. So you, you've gone to like see from first to last and you've seen H2O at that age and you'd already, you already been to like Ozfest like multiple times. So it's mm-hmm. like you see like a, like a fair amount of aggressive music, like just in general. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, mainly being like System of a Down, but sure. but at that point I'd see them. I've seen them three times. Yeah, so that was like the main event. Everything else was just kind of okay. So when was, you were going to Ozfest, it was specifically because System of a Down's playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and okay. I had a curfew. So obviously, I didn't stay there for the whole time. I was there sure. for very specific. Yeah. I see. Um, okay. All right. That makes sense. Also, this is probably going to go for everything. I have a very strict household. So, okay. sure. As 12 when I started going to shows until like 18, mm-hmm. it was like, right, got to be home at a certain hour. So, I'd missed a lot of things because of this as well. Well, I mean, so, you're, yeah. you're, you're a, a child of an immigrant family. This, that, anybody that I've ever <laughs> I mean, interviewed on here that oh, is, it's that's, been the same, it's the same story. So, I get it. I, I feel like not a lot of people explain that. That's why I wanted to make a really big point of that. Cause like mm-hmm. we do be having really strict parents. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know. Uh, so during this time period though, you're, you're, you're seeing this stuff, you're, you're seeing some new things and you're like, I want to know more about this. You brought up something earlier is that during this time period, researching things is very different than it is mm-hmm. now. Like finding, it's like you you went to a search engine and put in Black Flag and it didn't come up with a band at all. Like it came up with, you know, like like the exterminator thing. Dude, even finding a System If You Down video on YouTube at hard. the time. It was hard. Hard. Yeah. And then if you find it, um, 
you have to like sit around and wait for it to download. Oh yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So how but, did you go about finding new things at this point? Um, so remember the show I was telling you about, like the HTO show, mm-hmm. the reason I went to that show is because I was trying to go to another really embarrassing show okay. and lady at the counter at FY, FYI, is it FYI, the store? FYE, FYE. Yeah, FYE. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's around FYA. Everything's yep. confusing. Yes, correct. <laughs> the lady at the counter gave me the wrong ticket to the wrong oh, show. Oh, interesting. To the HTO show because of that, which is sick. <sighs> Thank God for that huh. lady. Um, but that's like the coolest store in the mall. That and Hot Topic, obviously. Oh, yeah. They, they, um, they were great. They were great hangs, no yeah. doubt. And if anyone was from Orlando and is listening to this, you remember this. There was FYE and mm-hmm. Hot Topic each other at the Florida wow. Mall. Wow. And when I tell you, when you were walking by there, you would see people, like cool people, mm-hmm. and you would be like, oh shit, I want to be like that girl or like that guy. It's so cool. Um, so yeah, those two places were like institutions for me right. <laughs> the- i mean of course especially during that era too so you get cds and things at one you get cds at hot topic as well but like hot topic was like way cooler than so you could get like there's a lot of stuff there that you could just kind of like flip through or like records and, and things like that um i i found a chromag shirt there in yeah. around 2007 which mm-hmm. is insane think yeah. about now because i mean maybe you would find that in a good goodwill somewhere but like at a hot topic at like such like a corporate mm-hmm. store to find something like that of that ilk of su- such like chromags didn't play shows then either no, exactly they, they were like off the, if they did it was like once every like five years and then there'd be like beef again and they wouldn't play anymore so it was like exactly yeah exactly it's like for a suburban Armenian girl who just immigrated to America to find a Chromag shirt in a store. Oh my God. Rare. What are the odds? <laughs> um, so yeah. But yeah. How did you, so did you find stuff in FYE? Like, is that how you kind of like encountered more like hardcore and things of that nature? Yeah. It's, it's, it's finding that reading the thank yous in the back sure. of the CD albums that I buy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really mostly getting into that band nervous breakdown because i feel like they they didn't change my life but like they definitely like had a big impact and i think a few kids would definitely say that about them um from orlando because they were a really big deal at the time they were one of the biggest bands they'd play every show uh i think a few members um from the band they did they did this thing called Sick of It Sundays, which is really cool for me. Mm-hmm. So it was like a it was a karaoke night and a band would learn like one band's discography. Mm-hmm. And then you could go to these things and then they'd be like, right, the next song is called whatever. And then you're like, oh, I want to sing it. And then you go on stage and sing That's it. That's so sick. Wow. Yeah. It, it was like it, they would do like Blink-182, but then the next day it would be like, you know, I don't know, Agnostic Front. And then the next day, yeah, it, would be, it was a really cool concept. And I was, I want, I want to say like seventeen when this happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, sixteen, seventeen when this was happening. 
And I went to a few nights and then a few of them were like 18 and over. And I'd ask like a few of the older guys in the scene to be like, Hey, could you get me in? Cause they would work at the venue. Right. And the venue was called back booth. Oh um, yeah. I've been, I've been there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Been, if you played Orlando in the years, I don't know from the, I think it opened around 2002. Mm-hmm. So if you've, played in Orlando from 2002 to like recently yep. you probably in Backdoof mm-hmm. and Backdoof became the spot like every show happened there so many festivals happened like before my time mm-hmm. um F- the first FYA was yeah, in- that's when I played it yeah yeah it was like yeah. the first FYA yeah, that's why um, I remember it yeah so the so the last uh the first FYA was mm-hmm. at Backdoof yep that venue and then there was a, another venue um like two blocks away from there called um black box collective okay. and uh i remember all of these places and i remember the dates really well because i took photographs um but one of the first like hardcore shows that i shot and i was like right this is hardcore like i mm-hmm. get it i'm 17 I fucking love this. This is really cool. I need to do this all the time because no one else is doing it. Um, it was at the other venue at the Black Box. And the the tour was um, Half Heart, Ceremony, Blacklisted, Let Down. Ah, uh, yes. And okay. Okay. Classic. It was 2008. I feel like mm-hmm. so many people went to that tour. Definitely. Um, but yeah, like... I remember being there and, and, and it's, it was, so imagine a warehouse, a square mm-hmm. warehouse. And yeah. there were like people hanging onto the rafters. Love it. it was hot. No AC. <laughs> of course. And then, and then everyone in the front is like someone I know. So I was like, right, this is sick. I need to do this full time and I need to buy a better camera. Cause I had like, um, not a point and shoot, but like not a DSLR either at the time. Okay. But I just remember looking down at my camera and being like, this is shit. I need to, I, I need to invest <laughs> money. into." <laughs> How um, had you gotten into photography prior to this? Like, when did that begin for you? Um, so my uncle, he's a photographer. Um, okay. Photography's probably predates music like me even finding any interest in music really so you've been since you were a kid so not exactly but like i've always been interested in photography because like mm-hmm. my uncle had in armenia my uncle had a dark room in his house and i remember being like four and walking in there and being like this is so cool you develop your photos mm-hmm. that's so sick like he had a dark room he had like a developing station and i think that really interests me, but like my parents were already taking me to musical school. So I was like, I see. I have, I have to put time into music. I can't be interested in anything else. So yeah. Okay. And so, but, so, but eventually though, you do find time on your own to, to like to do it when you're older. So like, wh- when did that begin? When did you like get your first cameras and things of that nature? Um, first camera is freshman year of high school. Yeah. Uh, we had a photography class, which is, I think that's just not a thing anymore in any public school system in America. Damn, I didn't know that. Wow. So we, 
had my high school was like really shit but it was really cool at the same time because it was like all these things from like the 60s and 70s that were left over mm. and we kind of had to make sense of it I see. um but we had a photography class and then we had a bowling team and i took both of those things so sick wow damn my sport bowling <laughs> and my art was photography are you yes. really are you really good at bowling uh no, I broke this like my middle finger, uh, so I just I never really continued that. Thank yeah. God, because I really that middle finger to operate a camera. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm so I'm sorry. I'm sorry your bowling career ended early. Oh no, it's what, fine. What could have been? I would bowl any day, but I'm not good at it anymore. I don't really practice that anymore. But yeah, that class really um, made me really think about. Uh, composition and like editing that's where i learned photoshop because that was like the first thing we got on a computer yeah i was like oh my god i can use photoshop in school that's so cool um and then when i went um so that was freshman year Mm -hmm. and then sophomore and junior and senior year i just uh, so so there were like five classes for photography Mm -hmm. in my so i took photography one in freshman year and then two three four and five and then i became an assistant for my teacher got it that's i liked it um then i went to college and like my family was like well you can't be an artist (laughs) of course of course they were said that yeah i just honestly looking back at it now as a like a 30 something year old woman why did i listen to my parents i should have just fucking picked art Oh, I think but, that all the time. <laughs> I think I think about that all the time. Yeah, like if if you're like 18 and you listen to this, please don't listen to your parents. Do what you want to do. Do what you want to do. Yeah, because you're gonna regret it, yeah. and then it's gonna be too late, or it's not gonna be too late, and you're just not gonna have enough time to like put all the energy that you could have put into like your art or whatever it is that you want to do. And then you're gonna be like, damn, I'm old now. And I have to like think about a career and a mortgage and starting a family and all this stuff. Anyways, yeah. I mean, all <laughs> very true though. I mean, like what you're saying is accurate. It's like I've told my little brother before, it's like, I'm like, don't listen to our dad. Like, you know, I was I was like, do do what's right for you, man. If I could go back in time and tell myself the same thing, I would. Um, so you're, you're yeah. right. I I I went to college for history, mm-hmm. which but first so i went i have three degrees yay good for you (laughs) nice very accomplished let's go great for me my mother has a beautiful wall with my um all my diplomas on it um but yeah so i went to uh so i graduated with a ba in history which is cool because i learned all these fun facts i didn't know before you know um about the world and the history of the world <laughs> uh and then i graduated in really late let's not mention the year <laughs> okay. um and then i kind of had odd jobs sure and- which is the case lots of the time post post grad especially in something like like history or like i i majored in english and i definitely didn't do anything with english right out, out of school you know at all um, thus is the case I see with like, like history majors and, and things like that, um, as well. So one thing I do want to backtrack to though, is that you had talked about 
your interest in photography and how you did it in school and everything. When did you start shooting shows? Oh, um, the first show I shot was a local show. Um, mm-hmm. So right after that Nervous Breakdown show, I kind of went back to similar shows. Um, not as big, obviously, like local stuff. There was like Battle of the Bands. Oh, there was a band from my high school called The Angst, and they went on tour, like a full U.S. tour with Agnostic Front. Oh, sick. And, like, wow. Yeah, they're not they're not good. Please don't do not check them out. Okay. But it's really bad. Um, but they went on a tour and I like in high school I ate lunch with them every day. That's crazy. Uh, I thought that was really cool. I think they kinda like influenced, but like they were like more into like punk, like street punk stuff. Which which, like, is cool. which makes sense for touring with AF, especially because of AF's like nineties output and, and stuff like yeah. that. So that, that makes sense. Yeah, it was also the early 2000s. I feel like no one really knew what was really happening musically. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so, like, they kind of had an influence because of them. I, I also got into, like, I don't know, um, the street punk bands sure. <laughs> that are not real. Um, and then, yeah, just kind of kept going to shows. And then, you know the scene like seeing kids and stuff were like really big deal then so i kind of like dabbled into like that a little bit but not really mm-hmm. like or i was into like from first to last and what was another band like white chapel oh yeah i mean, I mean this is like this is like myspace era and that's a very like real thing so like it, like that was going down exactly and i was a kid who was just trying to fit in yeah like, for sure all you want to do from the ages 12 to like 17 is to fit in. So like I just, whatever was cool. I would go to, so I'd I'd go to like shows like that, but then I would also go to like local hardcore shows. Right. And again, I didn't really tell the difference, but um, yeah, like just kind of started to take photos at those shows, but like, I don't know. Those guys were weird and they were very like exclusive. So like if you're a woman, you couldn't really be there and you weren't supposed to be there. Mm. And I found that and I don't really like that. Of course. Um Yeah, and then I don't know. I feel like that just made me even angrier and course, like yeah. made me want to just go back to even more stuff and like dig into more music and just, just trying to understand the genre really. Um and then I think, you know, you know what I said about like the half hard show, that's when I like kind of cracked the code. I was like, I get it. Like, this is like a little different from, you know, the, the kids that are wearing like skinny jeans. Right. <laughs> I've seen yeah. here. I get um, but yeah. And then message boards were a really big thing here. That's true. Like, yeah. Yeah. It was all, it was rampant at that time. Like insane. Um, there's a local one called Central Florida Hardcore, so mm-hmm. CFL, and that message board, as negative as it was, because it was definitely negative, it was definitely misogynistic, it was definitely like, so I went to shows with like my friend Amber, um, we were probably the only two girls who went to shows at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I know Amber, yeah, of course. Yeah. It makes, makes sense. The homie, the OG homie. OG homie. <laughs> um... I just remember being at a show and then people were like, 
they'd say stuff like in real life to us but then they would like people would go back home and then like write on the message board and be like did you see Malene's backpack <laughs> yeah it, <laughs> i like, mean that, that was such a fucking thing at that time like the oh, original oh. one was hella negative too it was, it was like the same and, and and like misogynistic and all those things that you mentioned before it, it's just like that was like a that practice you just explained where someone's like cool to you in person and then shitty on the message board well i feel like it was like oh, par for the course like people would this didn't, this didn't happen to me but like i know people that like got beat up over stuff they said on the message board oh, which is so sure. silly yeah. um this is this is really important i really want to highlight this because i feel like not enough people know this and people mm -hmm. need to know this. that era of hardcore like if you were a woman it was horrendous it was like, not good no yeah. it, it was not good it was not good and the fact that i'm still around just is kind of crazy like not insane but like pretty fucking crazy <laughs> that i tolerated that me and amber tolerate and then all the other women obviously tolerated mm -hmm. that type of you know like I, I could wear like a youth of today t-shirt to show and people would come up to me and legitimately be like name me four songs and then he would name them four songs and they they would be like oh um well who was a member from 1985 to 1986 and it's like bro are you really asking me that and question people right really, now and people really tried to like it like like uh i mean i'm saying like a, a better way to put it but it's like pre pretty simply put it was like people were really trying to keep like women not involved in hardcore at that time it, it's not like like now there's like a lot of like women in bands and like just like like more diversity in the scene in general at that time it would just be like like just dudes and then like the few that women that were around like like at that time weren't treated great so yeah. you know and, and so and and it's funny you're not the only person i've talked to specifically that was around in that era that has said the exact same thing that is still around right now where they're like it's honestly crazy that i'm still around considering what that time period was like ironically most of those men also don't go to shows anymore which 100%. i find yeah very yeah very 100 um also uh i didn't i wasn't really dating anyone at the time mm -hmm. so i have like an hxc boyfriend who would protect me sure <laughs> I, hope, I hope you hear the irony in my voice like yeah, like legit. It, shouldn't, it shouldn't matter you know yeah Exactly. exactly so because i wasn't anyone's girlfriend there's no one to protect me and because right. there's no one to protect me like literally was one date rape away from being raped like right. it, it would be fucking grim um but that made me and i'm sure i can speak for a lot of women by saying mm -hmm. this that gave us like really thick skin where we would i think it just made you like really reconsider the type of people you would become friends with in hardcore and then I think this made me like really start appreciating women friendships as well. So like, sure. yeah. So that, that was like not a good thing, but like it happened and I am the way I am sometimes. Like I, I, I feel like I sometimes now um, have to step back and be like, Oh, they're not threatening me. They're just actually asking me what my favorite songs are. Right. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Asking me <sighs> songs.
Well, um, also, it's like the type of person that comes to a hardcore show now is just like not. There are some similarities, but it's also just not the same type of. The, you talk about kind of the exclusivity of that era. Um, mm-hmm. And that was like everywhere. Like it was like, you know, like there was like exclusivity on like keeping women not as involved. There was exclusivity on being like uh, not related to gender, but like being like, oh, I don't know these new people. I don't even want them around, you know, kind of thing. It was like, like, you know, like people kind of like clicking up and, and things like that. Whereas now it it's like way more like um, we're more open and mm-hmm. you know, people come to shows and they're like, like. I'm just happy to be here. And, you know, like, uh, I'll say it's fine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And no one is like worried about necessarily like, uh, not looking or I wouldn't say they're not worried, but it's probably less of an issue of like not looking cool or not knowing everything. Like it, it at that, at that time, especially probably being a woman is like, I'm sure there was this feeling of, of being like, Oh, I, I, you know, like these, these people are going to try to like, ask me to name five songs question and stuff like that. It's like, it's like, it's like, I better know my stuff. So I show them that I, I'm not fake about this, you know, what have you, because well, like, go ahead. Just, Sorry. Just look at, just look at every band from that era. It's mm-hmm. like, what? And yeah. not that there's anything wrong with white straight men. It's just, but it is what it is. It's like, that's what was har- hardcore was at the time. That, that spoke for itself. And there yeah. was like maybe three bands with like, not, that so when those bands would come around mm-hmm. everyone would make fun of them be like haha did you see they have a girl singer or if like a oh, girl yeah. mosh, be like did you mm-hmm. see that that's so and it's like i feel like that that impact also made me not want to mosh at shows which right. not to say that i want to mosh all the time but like there were definitely like bands that i would want to or like sing along yeah but yeah, it's very bad time period. It was, a, it, it was a weird era for that, for sure. Yeah, but then, but then, um, I remember the TY demo dropped, mm-hmm. and that this has nothing to do with um, exclusivity. But I remember when that demo dropped, it was like the TY shows were very diverse so the local very not diverse but then you'd go to these bigger shows and i mentioned ty was because they played at a they played at a bar (laughs) in like in a suburban city right outside of orlando called island oasis and that was the first time they played and i swear to god the room was like so so many different people were there and i was like oh my god this is so cool how is this even possible but yeah um i'm not sure where i was going with that well (laughs) the the ty demo dropping was also like like that was a a big changing of the guard in general um and Mm -hmm. at least in regards to like you know like sound and things like that and it was like new and like different than what had been being played so i think it brought in a lot more people at the time where they're like here's this like reimagination of the new york sound that has like a distinct look to it and like a feel and a vibe or whatever and it's like 
well written and you know it, it's like fun but it's also scary you know so i feel like it brought in that, that brought in a wave of people yeah, yeah yeah and it's like all the shows that kind of followed that as well i think like brought a wave of people in and mm. that's diversity kind of changed in orlando specifically and then yeah um I feel like I've really drifted away from your question. No, you're fine. I- when, when did you start traveling like around, like, you know, and like, to, and like photographing shows in like other States? Um, I got my license in 2008, which is mm-hmm. really late. Um, but then I started traveling after that. Really. Um, I got my first car in 2009. Um, I think the first couple of shows that I left, like central florida first one was in south florida in Mm -hmm. miami um and then all the other ones were probably atlanta and then jacksonville okay uh, as well so so jacksonville is about three hours atlanta is about eight hours Mm -hmm. and then kind of became um the spot because as you can see geographically florida is just kind of really far out for every tour to go so a lot of tours will just kind of skip over us, which yeah. still happens like till this day. Um, so we just drive to Atlanta all the time, like so. Such a far drive, but I mean, power to the Floridians that did that because that is <laughs> far. It's eight hours away, and and we, I think one of the first shows I've spoken to you was at an Atlanta show because we were mm-hmm. both wearing a, and I think we, your band, playing. Wait, so, wait, we were both wearing what? A judge shirt oh yeah 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 um it so might have been like one of the edge days yeah i think yeah uh, i post so, so the I, I posted the fire for that recently yes um edge day 2010 um yeah, yeah really foundation um uh, let's see foundation i think down to nothing maybe played they did Base, detroit yep 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 mindset um, Mine's, mm-hmm. yeah um, that was a really good show yeah i think that show also like introduced a lot of people to each other because agreed yeah a lot of people from like detroit richmond mm-hmm. atlanta florida and then all the surrounding areas near atlanta as well like north carolina south carolina alabama like all everyone from all those states kind of came to that show and the show right. was really good really good and yeah, that's when I spoke to a lot of people for the first time. And that's when I met a lot of people for the first time. Mm-hmm. And then I think UB 2010, the one we were mentioning earlier. Yep. That after Was that after or before? I so, can't this, so this would have been after. So UB 2010 would have been either March or April of that year. And this would have been October. Wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. Yeah. This would have been... Was was that Atlanta show in 2010 or was it 2011? Oh, maybe it was 2011. Then. I think it's 2011. I think it's 20 because because Breakaway started in summer of 2010, and I think we would have been too new to have played that one. So I think it would have been yeah. 11. Okay, That's got really, it. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, just Atlanta became like the spot. I literally, we there was there was a year, and I remember. I went to Atlanta, like I kid you not, twice a month, every month. Oof. And we would we would drive up 
and it would be like various people, various mm-hmm. cars, different people. Um, we drive up, watch the show, and then drive back. Oh, God. <laughs> and then good night. Go to school right after. Oh. Like, we were fun. Like, you know, like, that's that was such what you did. a thing to do. Yeah. 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 What what do you remember in this era, early 2010s? What do you remember, like like what shows you remember going to, and like what do you remember like like liking, like 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 kind of like what bands like really resonated with you at that time? Uh, I think really early on, I kind of figured out that my like I I watched American Hardcore, like the movie. Oh yeah, I remember. The, yeah, the it's a really. It's a really good starting point, I think, but that really kind of made me understand like how the genre was developed. And then after that, I kind of um, bought more books because I thought books would be like a great place to start for anything. Um, so I got like Salad Days, which just came out that that like 20, 2010, yeah, around then. Um, Solid Days, if you don't know, it's about like DC hardcore, which is really important, I think, because especially if you're into like Revolution Summer, that's that like sound specifically. Mm-hmm. So I got Solid Days. So that I think that became a gateway point into um, Fugazi, yeah. um, Rites of Spring, One Last Wish. You know, that that specific sound, which is like my favorite sound till this day. Um, but that also made me find bands like Unity from Orange County, California. Uh, yes. Okay. And then obviously Youth of Today, mm-hmm. um, Uniform Choice. Yep. Um, I don't know, Wide Awake. Like, I feel like these things kind of like flooded in all at the same time around 2010 when i was like about 20 um because this is when also mosher's delight is coming out and this is when um free spirit drops their yes and free spirit i don't know if you know but um uh gil their singer mm-hmm. is from Orlando. So Oh really? I guess that I guess yeah. that makes sense because like I know he and Sam have always had a connect. So that kind of, or, or, or they and Sam have always had a connection. So that makes it, sense. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So they and Sam, um uh when I started to go to shows, I think they they both moved away to Boston. Okay. Right. Um so I kinda we were we were kind of acquainted, but like never really close. Um, but obviously, like I followed Triple B, and I was really interested in Triple B because like there were a few bands from Orlando that were on uh, one of the earlier bands that were signed onto Triple B mm-hmm. before Triple B became yeah as big as now is, is the, now the Gak Attack era. Was Nervous Breakdown on there as well, or am I tripping? I don't know. No, no, there's okay. a different or nothing that was on there. Okay, um, which I kind of went to shows with those guys for a bit. Um, yeah. And then, and then that, when that demo dropped, I think that's when like a lot of people found out who straight ahead is, um, which is a really important band for me. I think personally, Sick band, really, of course, inc- incredible band. Definitely. If you don't know, 
when you open the 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 straight ahead record in it it says free spirit music so obviously ah, I don't know. okay but i didn't know that like i i've like i've never owned a copy so i, I didn't know that's crazy uh, yeah um so when if you i don't have a copy either but i've definitely looked at a bunch of straight ahead records uh-huh. <laughs> um, cool. I, I'm, I'm certain that's where they got the name from oh, gotta so be. this connection also made me be like well i love free spirit this band must be good so i checked out straight ahead incredible changed mm-hmm. my life <laughs> yes, indeed. of course um yeah so like that era just kind of was I don't know how to word this because it's like obviously there was a lot of other stuff happening and I've, and I've definitely checked this out like I was I was on like uh, every mailing list for every major record label at the time like I was on the Deaf Wish one I was on the Bridge Nine one you know I was on the fucking Bridge Nine street team I was looking through my archives like at home like of all my old stuff and I found like 20 posters of like every release oh, Regina wow. is <laughs> but like it's not like I was just listening to Free Spirit I was listening to all of it like I was listening yeah. to Ceremony as well mm-hmm. while I was listening to Free Spirit and um Straight Ahead and Youth Day and all these other bands but this genre this youth crew genre really um sparked my interest and made me really be more interested in that and then I just kept digging, you know, like through blog spots. And then I found, I found it quite a few blog spots that were like Florida specifically. Mm. And that made me go like, oh my God, there's a, there was a scene in Florida. Are you joking? Why didn't anyone tell me? (laughs) And this is when I found this blog spot called, um, God damn it. Stuck in the past. Okay. Oh, I know the one. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, it's not just Florida, but like the one of the guys that runs it, his name's Chip. He mm-hmm. still lives in my. He's great. He like wrote about every Florida parkour band from like 1980 to like modern day. Oh wow! Okay. Um, so all encompassing. So, literally, yes. So through him, I found bands like anger which is like a miami hardcore band um who day by day definitely listened to before it they wrote their tracks mm-hmm. um shout out to day by day um yeah just that blog spot really made me like also i'm studying history at the time in, in university so i'm just like this is sick. This like I want to be more and more interested in this. And yeah, I just I'd go to every single show in Florida that I possibly humanly could. I spent every penny that I made on hardcore mm-hmm. and or buying a camera. <laughs> and then and then I'd just take shows. And now I have an archive that's about 15 years old. And wow. yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do with it, but hopefully something cool. <laughs> make, make a book. Oh, maybe one day. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> you, you could do it though, for sure. Uh, so, you know, so you're, you're getting not just like, you're, you're not just diving in on kind of the genre itself at the time you're diving into kind of like, like 
the regional aspects of the genre for yourself as well, like in being in the state of Florida. You're in school, you're photographing as many shows as possible, which is, you know, added to this like very like, you know, story, like decade plus old archive. Uh, when you were finished with your history degree, uh, I take it you you went to school in Orlando as well? Yeah, I went to UCF, um, okay. which is like the major university here. Yeah. What did you kind of like plan to do? You know, I'm sure you got a couple of things kind of pulling at you where it's, it's like your family probably wants you to do one thing. You're very interested in, in like hardcore music music in general and then like the art of photography like what what did you want to do with yourself at the time um i don't know i mean it's really weird so being an immigrant i've always wanted to go back because we left armenia on very good terms like it wasn't our move was because my family wanted us to have a better education. Right. Um, our move was never because we were fleeing persecution per se. We still own a home in Armenia. We have most of my, not my immediate family, but most of my family lives in Armenia. And my dream was always to go back home. Right. And work there and live there and live a happy life there but at the same time i've had this social you know thing that i got into that made me friends all around the world and specifically all around america and you know one day after i got of a very serious relationship i was like well what am i doing in america i don't particularly love living here like i love i love everyone that, that i know here i love all my friends here i love my family here but america in general has never been kind to me if that makes sense sure um i've had very negative experiences here with the police with the immigration system here um so i think at some point specific, specifically when i started making a bit of money i was like well I don't want to stay here. Like I hate living here. And the only thing that's really keeping me here is hardcore. Right. So it's going to be my life. And this is like before hardcore became as big as it is today. True. I was like, well, guitar music, <laughs> that's going nowhere. Oh, I love I mean, hardcore. It was, it was starting to really like recede from the mainstream at that time. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, like 2017, 2018, I remember having conversations with people where people were like, yeah, guitar music is dead. Oh, I, I, I was like, those conversations for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, before pandemic, I'm like, well, yeah, sick. I'll listen to the music until I die. But like, this is not my life. This is not my paying my bills. <laughs> yeah. Um, not where I want to be. So in 2018, I moved back to Armenia and I lived in Armenia for three years. So 2018, 2019, 2020. Um, what I worked did you, in a non- yeah, okay. I was going to ask like, what did you do when you got there? Yeah, yeah. So I moved there kind of on a limb. I didn't really have a job there, but like I renovated our family home there and I kind of bought that family home. So like, I just kind of lived there and then I, I was like, right, I'm going to just figure out, um, 
and like Armenia uh, in, in Armenia, like American diplomas are like rated very high, so you're more likely to get a job. And sure. I got a job in an so I worked at a nonprofit for almost three years, um, and then the pandemic hit, and then I was like, "Oh my god, I'm literally back at square one. I don't know what I'm doing." I mean, I liked my job a lot, right. but it, it was like a like borderline. Like I, I'd take photos for them, and I took care of their archive for this nonprofit that I worked for, mm-hmm. but. It, it wasn't it was like almost like hr like job and it was like oh okay <laughs> like yeah. it means a lot i'm helping a lot of people but like this is awful yeah. i hate this it's not creative i'm a creative person it took me this long to figure out that i don't want to do this <laughs> so in in the midst of the pandemic i moved to england because one, I didn't want to come back to America because I was fucking terrified. The news at the time was like, also Florida, oh, the law. <laughs> yeah, there was there, and like, what year was this? Twenty twenty. Yeah. So there was, so yeah, August, like it, it seemed August, crazy to come back to America then. Yeah. So I was like, I'm not going back there. No way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I spent about three months trying to like figure out like um visa stuff and i moved to uh england and because i didn't really want to be too far away from armenia and i also didn't really want to be in america so i was like well who speaks english in europe england does sick okay (laughs) um i had a few friends there um in like 2014 violent reaction and the flex they did a tour in the in in the states they did a full u.s yeah yeah Uh, and i i became friends with those guys and then me and my friend amber we went to england um once before well i i went um another time but like we went to england that time we made a bunch of friends there and i felt like that was like the only place in europe or really anywhere else in the world that i could go to i i had like a set group of people that i already knew um but yeah move there and then um yeah i've been there ever since um yeah what part of so, like like did you like did you like move around the uk or did you like go to somewhere specific and like like for a reason like like, like what city i was gonna move to london but mm-hmm. then london is like very expensive because it's just like new york yeah um and then my other real, real other options were leeds which is where i live now Right. And then Manchester, um, and then in Manchester. I, I mean, I know people now there, but like in 2019, when I was considering it, like I didn't really know anyone there. Mm. So I was like, right, I know people in Leeds. Leeds is all right. It's not a big city, but like they have a cool hardcore scene. Oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Yeah. And then I looked at the programs and I compared them to each other, and I was like, right, well. Um, it's the same program that I would take in Leeds and in London. So why not just go to Leeds for, you know, university? Um, so so in 2020, I moved to Leeds. I did. So because I already had a BA in history, 
I was skipped ahead and I only did the last two years, which is essentially all the electives, which is cool. Um, so I did the BA for photography. And then this past year, I graduated with my MA from uh, Lee's Arts University with my photography degree there as well, um, which is so sick because I feel like I've been wanting to do this like my entire life. Um, and I finally did it very late in my life, but I did it. <laughs> well, congratulations, uh, number one. Thank uh, you. Of course. So of course. I mean, it, it's, a, it's a long time coming. Now that you have the degree in photography, you, well, you said you have three degrees. You have a history, photography, and what's the other one? Oh, it's BA in photography and then MA in photography. Got it. So, so. You, have, you have the master's in, in photography as well. Yeah. What? Bachelor what are you like what's the plan now now that you like you just recently graduated this like kind of like what's what's you've you've worked doing photography for a nonprofit, you've done photography in your your free time you know with hardcore like on multiple continents what is kind of the next step for you the next step is really just to I feel like i'm at a job interview damn <laughs> <laughs> um the plan is just to um essentially just do uh freelance as much as possible sure. um and honestly my goal is to teach eventually but in order to teach you need to have like experience right. and experiencing you know whatever it is that you specialize in um yeah so just to freelance as much as possible um, and then hopefully get to that teaching position eventually, whenever that is. Do but yeah, you, I'm, I'm yeah, gone. I was going to say, do you plan to stay in the United Kingdom? That's a question I'm struggling with right now. I don't really? know. <laughs> now, in the UK, I, I'm currently helping um, Ola and Quality Control to do Damages Done Fest. Oh, sick. It looks awesome. Looks really good lineup. Very cool. If you don't know about quality control, please check out quality control. Outstanding label. Outs like really like not not to put a pun in here, but it's very hardcore to the fucking bone. They're yeah, fucking sick. Ola is sick. Um, so I've made this these friends, these incredible. I've met these incredible people in the UK, who I genuinely don't want to leave behind. I want to be. I want to hang out with these people all the time, <laughs> but. The fact that my family is here. Um, here being in Florida? Me being in Florida. Right. My family and my parents are getting older. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of in the crossroads, but hopefully by February, I'll have it figured out. Okay. So um, that's a month. So you don't got a ton of time, but all right. Okay. All right. I've applied to a bunch of jobs. I see. So... Whoever pays me well, I will go there. <laughs> okay. Okay. So there's, 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 a, there's some type of, of path ahead. So cool. UK is so cool. I I wish I grew up in the UK because I feel like it's such a great place to be, even though everyone from the UK fucking hates it because there's no sun. But like, who cares about the sun? Who cares, it's a, who cares about the sun? Who cares? It's fine. Fine. It's totally fine. It's really cool. It's really beautiful. Um, 
I I wish I could live there. I wish like the world pop like moving and being in that country permanently was easier. I would definitely stay there. Um, eventually I do want to move back to Armenia. Um, I feel like I, I haven't really mentioned a lot about Armenia, but I love where I'm from. I adore it to the point where it's become like a really stupid obsession of mine where I, I, I read about like, crazy things about my country and I like you know like historical and artistic stuff about my country and like artists and like I love it it's such a beautiful place I wish I could talk about that for like three hours straight and like explain to everyone how cool it is and how everyone needs to go there and how everyone needs to listen to system of me down and share and integrity um but um I mean you're doing it now so I mean like that's 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 part of this so it's uh, of I course am, but I feel like not enough because there's so many other artists that i wish i could mention and be like listen to this and this is so cool but it's like so nerdy but i feel like this is this is the thing though like when you get into hardcore mm -hmm. i feel like it, it makes you into this like hoarder but not like physical hoarder but like factual hoarder 100 oh, percent. i mean this entire podcast like, is that like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so <laughs> yeah Hardcore made me like just underground music in general made me like become so like obsessive with things. I've become like, like my whole MA is about like Armenian ornamental art, which is like so niche. And when That's I say cool, that, though. like, what the fuck is even that? It's like all the little patterns that you see on like carpets and clothes and like, you know, like churches and buildings and like woodwork and metalwork all of that is like a language and like the fact that no one talks about that i'm just like fuck that's so cool though why wouldn't you fucking check that out <laughs> well i mean you're uh, documenting it though which helps more people learn about it so it's like you're you're doing the you know the good work for that I, <laughs> it's not enough it's never enough <laughs> um but yeah that's the plan i guess um maybe to start a family we'll see we'll see We'll, we'll see, but but it it see it's what's interesting to me is that your involvement in photographing live performances, hardcore and things like that has brought you you know like has laid a foundation to bring you to this point. That's that's very cool, uh, and you know like have had a couple of photographers you know on form and stuff. But I I think it, it's something too is like the is that hardcore is music, but it, it's like uh it's also like it's people find a path not just by playing an instrument in this genre of music or in punk or in metal it's through there's all sorts of moving parts that kind of make you know the the scene what it is and it, it's cool that that has brought you to the point where you are where you're not just you're like an international person you know like a citizen of the world you know but because of your talent and uh and that that's very cool um but this is your podcast. If it, you know, it's, it's kind of like we we can close off here. If you want to give the people information about Armenia, you can do that right now. <laughs> I just think that because if you're listening to this, you're into something a bit more underground, and you are you are digging just like how I did with like asking Jeb's to what the fuck is Black Flag. Um, so if you're listening to this, you're already into something a bit more nicher. And if you're going to get a bit nicher, it's not, it's never about just the music, is it? Like, 
the whole reason hardcore became hardcore is because people were like, well, fuck how society's running. We are fucking sick of it. And if you think, if you relate to that statement in any way, you're, you have to start caring for what other people, you know, that have the same opinions as you. And by that you are, <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't want to make this into like, um, a really political statement. No, but, but you, but you can't, it's, it's fine. It's, you can't. <laughs> it's okay. I, I think by nature, if you're into anything like that, you, you by default need to be interested in what is happening around the world. Like, you need to understand, and, and it's okay if you don't, like, it's okay if you don't have the same background as me, and, you know, you don't know that there's these, like, really niche parts of the world that have really complicated um, conflicts, but to not know and to not care, you know, what's the fucking point? Why are you alive? Why are you doing anything if you're not going to care about anyone that is around you? Like, right my biggest goal in life is to like help other people that's what i want to do i want to help other people to you know whatever it may be walk across the street if i can help you with that please let me help you with that if it's to shoot your fucking promotional photo for your band please let me help you do that like i think obviously not let other people use you but like you need to care for other people. And that's like my only message that I ever wanted, like give to anyone ever care for other people because there is no other noble thing you can do in this life, but that, but yeah, <laughs> and that, that is a, that is a wonderful place to cap everything off. Uh, Maline, thank you so much for coming on. I, you know, have had a wonderful time talking to you uh, and seeing you. And uh, I think that the places that you've gotten to the places you're going are outstanding and uh inspired thank you so much ace i wish this conversation was a bit different because i'm still in a car <laughs> yeah you're still in a car but you know what i think i think i i foresee in the future you're going to be getting out of that car and you won't have to I'm out of this car for worry sure. about that anymore but uh everyone thank you for listening oh sorry go ahead oh thank you so much for having me again thank you thank you so much absolutely everyone thank you for listening if you enjoyed this episode and you want to support this podcast please subscribe to our patreon at www.patreon.com slash forum of passion and until next time stay safe